This is episode 8 of the Ask Dad Labs podcast, recorded on April 22nd, 2021. It's simple. You ask questions and dads answer. When we need actual answers, we do find the experts. Today we have Clay from Austin, Texas. He has kids that are aged from high school up through the Coast Guard. And we have Nick from Louisville, Kentucky. He has two kids, ages 6 and 13. And I'm Ben. I'm in the Detroit River, just south of Detroit, Michigan. My boys are 11 and just about to turn 13. Let's get to the show. So, Nick, has your physical therapist suggested lunges? Because mine did. And, and that's just a really big step for me. Oh, my God. <laughs> one, one small wow. step for dad labs. Yeah. One oh, giant step for... I, I and you got me on that one. I didn't see that one coming. Um, really? Yeah, I didn't. I, wow. Okay. It's been a long. I've heard it. It's been a long time since I've heard that one. <laughs> yeah. PT's going well, by the way. Yes, thank you. Is it? Yeah. It's all going very, very well. No problems. I'm to weight training now. I'm I'm pushing more weights. Range of motion is fantastic. I'm right where I should be. Twelve weeks out. But yeah, I, they still kick my ass. So, yeah, but that's what's going on for me. How about you, yeah. Clay? What's going on in your life? Well, yesterday I took my youngest to get his second immunization, um, which was pretty exciting. That's it. So he's got two weeks and then he'll be fully immunized. So that was, that was pretty exciting. My daughter got to play in an actual field hockey game. <laughs> in college last week. Nice. And that was really exciting for us because, you know, we're all about the sports ball, Nick. <laughs> and it was just very exciting to see her take the field and have her college uniform on and play with a team that's just meant so much to her. That was super exciting. Although afterwards, she was just a wreck. She was like, I didn't play well. I didn't, I don't like, you know, what was going on. And I was like, really, really? I mean, <laughs> after a year of this stuff, like just being on the field, I didn't say, of course, didn't say right. a word of this out loud. <laughs> yeah. But what I'm thinking is, wow, really, you know, that after a year and a half of, of waiting for a moment like this and, and, and then to finally get to play and then be like, oh, shit, man, I wish I played better. <laughs> okay. Well, but that tells you how dedicated she is to and how bad she wants to play well. I mean, that's she she does. She does. That's an athlete. That's that's an athlete for you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all good. My my older son. One of the things that I've had on my mind a lot lately right now, I'm totally obsessed with my grandparents strategy you know, what it takes, like once you have adult kids, like kids that are fully grown to like get them to want to engage with you again is kind of on my mind. Like that's the phase of parenting I'm in. So my oldest son sent me a snapshot. He lives in the Bay area of San Francisco and sent me a snapshot that he and a friend had just kind of on a lark gone to Yosemite and had done some hikes and ended up, you know, with some beautiful views of Half Dome and, and sent me a picture of him in Yosemite. And this is kind of the random experience of being a guy with, you know, adult children. Like when they decide to check in, you know, you get these 
miraculous moments of, of, of just joy. Like, Oh wow. That's so cool that you're doing that. You know, delighted that he's doing that. But it, it leads me to think like, well, how am I gonna do that? You know, how, how do I engage and, and build stuff with my adult, you know, kids, get them back here, do stuff with them out where they are. That's all going to be engaging. At the same time, one of my old college roommates like reached out to me randomly on the same day. He's like, Hey, you're not getting any younger. You fat ass. We need to go. And he's a climber. He's like, I need to take you to Yosemite and we're going to go climb some of this shit. And I was like, Bing. huh? Wow. Jim interesting that you would propose this to me this week i just got a photo from my son from yosemite and now i'm guys i'm terrified because these are <laughs> this is a guy that like it's not i'm not talking about let's go for a hike he's like no let's put on the harness there's some multi-phase climbs do it i do may it. have to i may have to belay you down some places i'm like belay me down you're a, he's a stick. He's like, you know, yeah. <laughs> some 165, 5% body fat asshole. Like, you <laughs> belay me for one second, you little twig. Uh, it's all about the, uh, that's the equipment and technique, dude. Ain't got nothing to do with how, how big he is, man. I know. I it's know. going to do it. It's going to be awesome. I feel Climbing. like it could be super epic if I could just get over all my own anxiety and fear. Like I'm not a heights guy. I don't want to, but this is something that Wilson's really into. This guy mm -hmm. just like suddenly came into my life and said, Hey, we should go do this. And now I'm like, Oh shit, I've got to go do that. <laughs> just, just for that possible in with Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> it, dude. It's, I mean, it sounds like he knows what he's doing. I believe that he will be safe. I've been climbing and rappelling with some people that, looking back on it, was sketchy as all get out. I mean, you knew this guy when he was in college. And he was kind of a, he was kind of an idiot. And <laughs> okay, well. You know, I, it, you know, he, now he's like a venture capitalist in fucking San Francisco. I'm sure he's a total genius. Anyway, it's, but he, he's a climber that's not dead. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I Just guess that is the ultimate qualification. Don't do any free climbing. Free climbing, dude. I just, I just want to sit and have a beer and watch them do it. But that's not the way it's going to work. <laughs> now it's going to be about timing because you know Wilson, he knows when he goes, he deploys. He deploys in August. There, his next deployment is a long one. It, he's not back until October, and really, it's about oh well. In October, you can't do Yosemite because it's starting to snow and they close things. Right, you yeah. have to do it. So he was, the, my friend was saying, oh, could you do it in August? And, and so I don't know, I guess I'm going to have to try and figure a way to do But this is what you do. This is what you're doing. Yeah. Like when your kids get to be adults, like how do you get those opportunities to really engage with them in some really meaningful way, even though it takes you totally out of your comfort zone, which is 100% where I'm going to be with this. I'm, dude, I'm trying to engage with a 13 year old and failing miserably so uh, i'm i'm all dude 
I'm glad you have older kids because now I can watch you and go either take notes or go, oh, shit, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been, I mean, this is consistently my role, right? Right. Like, I'm going to go out there and, and fail quite publicly and then just share that with people to see how they, you know, if they want to do that <laughs> or not. <laughs> That's what Dad Lab is all about, man. You make yeah. the mistakes so you don't have to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. That was well, sort of on on the topic of engagement, you know, my my parents just came up from Columbus, so they drove up about three hours to come up here for my son's birthday. Turns thirteen on Tuesday, and this is not out of out of the ordinary for them. We lived about three and a half hours away when we lived down in Indiana, and uh, one day after, you know, a Sunday Sunday on our way home from church, I think it was, I got a text. Hey, we're on our way home from church. Do you mind if we stop by? So they were on their way home from church three and a half hours away <laughs> and sent a text as if they were on their way past anyway. Yeah. Like, you know, they decided to go to church five hours away that Sunday. And, right. And so they just, you know, extended their trip home from 15 minutes to uh, four hours. And uh, they came over, uh, you know, and uh, just like tonight, they they came up and and uh, bought us dinner and and then went home, and they but, even paid paid the bridge toll to get to us. So again, can we think about like our plan as grandparents? Mm-hmm. One of the things I've noticed about grandparents is that thing. It's like, hey, we just driven eight hours. Don't want to bother you guys, so we're just going to hang out for like twenty minutes. And then we don't want to get in anybody's way. So we're going to just drive nine hours home now. Yep. Like that is such a grandparent move. What is that? Yeah. I, I don't plan on doing that. Her parents, <laughs> Alice's parents will, they're five hours away and they will give us uh, about a two hour warning when they, when they hit like Columbus, Indiana, sometimes they'll call us about an hour out and we're like, Hey, we're about to hit the bridge. And, you know, we want to go to dinner at you know, Cracker Barrel. It's always Cracker Barrel because it's right <laughs> off the highway and it's five minutes from our house. They do it all the time. And we're like, look, guys, if you give us a day at least, we'll have you at the house. We'll cook we dinner. We can out. all be together. Everybody relax. But no, we they do that all the time. Spend the night. How, how about that? Would that be crazy? I mean, I, I can't imagine just doing that. I mean, I understand not wanting to be a burden. I mean, I, it's kind of my life in general. I don't want to bother anybody. I want everybody and I want everybody to leave me alone. <laughs> so I get that part of it, but I, 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 I want to hang out with my kids, you know? Now she's one of six, so maybe they don't want to hang out with, or maybe it's me. They, they want, might want to hang out with her and they just don't want to hang out with me. I don't know, but yeah, it's, it, grandparents do that they just yeah uh, my mom will come by and sit for hours and talk granddad labs granddad labs that's right is is, i'm so close to that this this show is really my transition from dad labs (laughs) to granddad labs really we're getting a pool renovation done actually guys come in tomorrow to cut concrete for us it's kind of the opposite direction but in talking about the pool you know we're spending a lot of money on this pool and my wife keeps thinking, what, what are we going to downsize to? You know, we, we've got, we actually have a moderately sized house. Our, our house before this was huge. Uh, this one's moderate and a nice big pool. And my wife keeps talking about, you know, we're going to get a condo in the city. Are we going to, 
Now she's, she's super introverted and doesn't want to see people. So her, the idea of her moving to the city is really funny to me, but, and here, you know, we can do this, but we've got this giant pool and, and she's like, Oh, we don't want to take care of all that anymore. We don't want all these extra bedrooms. And, and I finally had to stop her, you know, realize our boys are in our house for another seven years at least. Right. Well, you know, before they go to college yeah, and then they'll be out of here most of the time, you will want them to come back here. If in seven years we move to a condo and we don't have a place for them to stay, they won't, they won't come back. You know, we're telling them not to come back. We have a pool that's big enough for a party of adult, you know, adult or high school kids. And it will certainly be big enough for grandkids. And so we, we live in a ranch, so there's no concern about stairs. So why, you know, why do we want to move from here? This seems like the perfect place. We can get a dock and get a boat even and, and draw them even more. So our goal is instead of going out, we want to have the place where everybody wants to go. Right. Right. 100%. Sort of this like Cape Cod is for you. Very important strategic, you know, decisions, you know, creating the place that the kids want to come back to. Right. Is, uh, well, is and it also it has a, it has a lot to do with the type of parenting philosophy that you have and or and and the relationship you have with your children. You know, some people are are were not wanting to be parents, but still became parents. And not saying they're not they're bad parents, but they've done their eighteen years, <laughs> they've done their time, they've served their sentence, and now the kid, you know empty nesters they're like, okay i'm getting a small place or we're getting an rv and we're traveling and we'll see you when you see when we see you nothing wrong with that particular philosophy i am not of that philosophy i i'm not like 18 kid you're out of here i'm not that at all i might be like 18 you get a job but you're welcome here as long as you want to be here and i know that eventually you'll have a relationship that you will not want to live at your parents' house anymore. <laughs> you know, we talk about rent, tearing down the garage, rebuilding it and putting a, an apartment above the garage for the kids with seven year gap between them. He will move out of that before the girl is ready to move into it. We haven't put any solid plans together for that, but we are totally cool with, I don't mind having adult kid live with me. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to give him any shit about that. I'm not going to give her any shit about that. I know they won't do that forever. It just, life doesn't work that way, but I'm not kicking them out anytime. Well, we, it's, it's interesting to think about Ben, what you said about trying to create this kind of long-term vision for what not only serves your family now, but then what serves a family once they've left and you try, you want to try and bring them back. And, you know, my wife and I have never owned a home. We don't own our current home. And where we live, which is where the kids want to come back to, Austin, Texas, is now we're pretty much priced out of the market. And, you know, I thought for a while, oh, man, it would be so cool to have a lake house, maybe, that the kids would want to come back to, you know. But, you know, you, you guys have seen what's happened, you know, nationally uh, to real estate and in Austin, Texas has been particularly acute. So we can't afford uh, a lake house in central Texas. <laughs> right. So our strategy really involves my parents that own a house at a, at a resort community. You know, so we bought 
the adjacent lot. And what we're going to do is partner with my parents to build on that lot a cabana and pool that will then sort of transform what is a very, it was a lovely kind of retirement home for them into kind of a lake house style thing that the kids, you know, would really want to come back to and that we can afford to help my I'm partnering with my sister and my dad and everybody's a kind of a whole family project to kind of create, you know, a, a thing, a place where we the can compound. gather. Yep. The yeah. family compound, the Nicholas yeah, compound. And that's the kind of thing that we, and so, you know, I hope it happens. We're just starting now and doing the planning for it, but you know, sometimes you got to get creative in trying to create that, you know, that place that's going to bring everybody back together in these times where things are just creating a, a place like that is just so difficult from a financial point of view right now. You got to get creative. So we are, my kids are playing games online and I think we've talked about in the past that I, I sort of miss miss some of the cues because they're they're playing games with their friends they're playing those cooperative games they're using using different text messaging and and you know actually voice messaging things through through internet things um, to talk uh, with their friends about that and they're playing these games but I was thinking what I, I really wish I could get in on that but I'm not going to be playing the same video games I'm not going to get on minecraft the way that they they would they're not going to play minecraft if I'm playing minecraft with them Right. Or they're, you know, whatever, all these other things. And so I've been thinking about what, what games work well for cooperative sort of games that you can, you can do with your kids. I certainly can't really answer that. I'm kind of yeah. in the same boat. When Minecraft first kind of hit our house, we did a lot of playing that together. When he started playing online, it was still fairly new and there was still a lot of bullying and stuff going online. Like your character shows up and suddenly gets killed every time. And that was very frustrating for him. So we kind of stopped letting him play online and he got a little older and got a little more into it. And lots of talks about how that's just going to be, there's people out there that are going to do that. And I mean, we still played every once in a while, but it's one of those things that some of the games they play. I mean, I, I, I hear my dad or I know that how my dad felt about what the hell is going on with this video game. What are you doing? You're doing what? Slime Rancher? What? Okay, um, so you're corralling slime creatures. Okay, sure. And I try to at least appear interested in, in, and engage with him when he's telling me things. Oh, yeah, I got this new character. Or I bought this new slime or weapon or whatever. And I try to engage with him that way. But as far as cooperative play and playing video games with him, it's really only the battle games. There's a Mario crazy battle game where you're battling each other. And before they lost it, um, we played that a lot together as a family. Like everybody would play and we have some older games. I have some mortal Kombat stuff and which is still too crazy gory for the six year old, but I'm hoping I can get the boy to play some of those vintage games with me a little bit. Once we get that, area completely set up get the ps4 back from being repaired all that kind of stuff penny really likes this game she, she'll play anything 
So she'll play anything with me. She she'll beg me to play games. I think it's Shrek Two on the PS2. <laughs> she loves to play that. And there's some um, Sly Cooper. He's a a thief raccoon. And there is some cooperative and battle games where you're the cop and or the robber and you're chasing each other around doing tasks and things. She loves playing those games with us. Like, okay, we'll play for an hour. And then two hours later, three hours later, we'll be sitting there still playing. And you just got to find what they like. Little kids are a little easier because they're just excited to play video games. So they'll play whatever. Um, the older kids like what they like. Diving into that world is is dangerous on so many levels because either if you like it, you run the risk of making them hate it. (laughs) (laughs) So at least in my experience, I don't, I mean, I just, I loved video games as a kid. I just, I don't spend the time on it anymore. I still, I still like to play them, but every time I play them, I almost feel like, particularly if I play them for me, if I play them because I want to play a game, I feel like I'm wasting that time, which is where I feel like my parents, (laughs) because there's so many other things I know I should be doing or could be doing that would be so much more productive, but everything. Well, but, but you, you, you rephrase it, right? You rephrase it in your head that, that you're not, what you're doing is you're building a relationship with your kid, right? Right. You know, yeah. I do when it's, I do. It's hard play, to get over that. When I do play for three hours with Penny, and then later on that night, I'm like, "Man, I didn't do anything." And Alice will say, "Yes, you did. You <laughs> played with your daughter for three hours." I'm like, "Yeah, I did. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah." And so yeah, when I'm playing with them, but if I play by myself, if I play a video game for me, that ooh, I want to play the new Tony Hawk reissued games. I, I feel. I mean, like, man, I played enough video games as a kid. Yeah. We used to have crazy in high school or no, I was in college. We would have the, the play dates, overnights, whatever, sleepovers where everybody got wasted and everybody played Mortal Kombat tournaments <laughs> all night long. And it was a blast. We had an absolute blast. So I, I've done enough of that. But yeah, when, when Penny wants to play the silly little games that I can play, <laughs> that's the other thing too. All the first-person games, including Minecraft, they're hard for me to play. I can't. I, I just I can't play them well. I'm I'm a button masher, and that stuff it 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 just it's like watching a movie where they won't hold the camera fucking still. <laughs> it makes me sick. It just gives me a headache, and it's just like yeah, hold the camera. Ah, I I can't handle it. Yeah. Well, I remember back when Farmville first came out, I started doing <laughs> Farmville and, yep. and I had this, this thing in my head that I'm going to build this farm and I'm going to pass it on to my kids. <laughs> I don't know why. There was something about Farmville. It's a generational made, video it, game. It, it yep. felt like I would be able to build this up and I transfer the ownership to my kids when, and <laughs> I, ah, how deluded was I? That was, I'm, I'm glad it's I don't It's a beautiful do dream anymore. though. It's a beautiful dream. It is. And it is. In in our household, for me, there was a, and maybe this is true for for a number of dads, like there was a there was a a, a small window, of when the kids had gotten old enough that there was no more nighttime crises, 
and they were really disciplined about, we got everybody to bed at eight 30. And suddenly in my life, there was this period from like eight 30 until 11 30, when really the house was totally quiet. I didn't have work responsibilities. And I was like, wow, I've got three hours to myself where I started gaming a little bit more again. I think, you know, it's between the time when, you know, the kids are like, you know, six to like nine or 10, you know, there was just a couple of years in there where I really, and I started gaming a little bit. It was mostly first person shooters and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know, just stuff that like pass the time because it was before the golden age of television when there's a billion shows for you to watch. And, right. and I took it up a little bit, but I'm terrible. Like I have to put it on the dumbest level and I've got to, you know, I've got to let the game basically win for me. I have no finger <laughs> skills. I can't do any of that. So I can't really play with the kids. Like uh, my skill level is so poor on the, on the controller that I just, I'm not on the same level they are. But my kids generally have been uninterested in games. They, they're sports kids and they're outdoor kids and they, you know, it just wasn't really kind of a thing, you know, occasionally, but video games for my youngest were a lifeline during the pandemic that really suddenly all the things that gave him connection to his friends and were his defining things, which was, you know, mostly on the sports field, all gone. And he's stuck in the house. And, you know, some of these first interactive, that this is how for months he actually got to interact with his friends, you know? And so they're just all on that game together and they're all on a team and they're all doing a first party shooter. And I was like, okay, all rules off, forget it. This is serving a really important core purpose in his life, which is the, it is the only communication that he's got with his friends is through this gaming platform. And so I never said a freaking word. I didn't care when I found him playing. (laughs) I didn't care, you know, you know what the hours were. I didn't care. I didn't say a thing because I could, I could see there are his friends. He's got the phone right here. He's got his headphones <laughs> on. He's in dialogue. Yep. And to preserve that for teenagers is just was so valuable that thank you, violent video game, <laughs> for helping preserve my teenage son's fragile social web during you know, a time where he was feeling so isolated. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm grateful for all the disgusting, like pink mist, like brain, violent, <laughs> whatever stuff that I would see on the screen. And he did that for months. And then this hilarious thing happened. These 17 year old tough lacrosse playing boys, they started playing Minecraft together. <laughs> I would walk in and instead of, you know, this incredibly realistic, violent, you know, parachuting, machine guns, whatever game that they were playing, suddenly there's this like pixelated like sword in his hand and he's going through the landscape. And I'm like, what is, what are you doing? They had like, they'd gone back to Minecraft. And then again, it was the same as all this group of boys these like 17 year old kind of alpha boys on Minecraft. And since then he's kind of moved on to like, and, and, and his, as, as things have 
unlocked and emerged and, and other parts of his, his kind of social life has, has come back. He's, he's gaming less and less. And now he's doing more things like Madden and, and that's kind of his thing right now, but I will be forever grateful <laughs> for violent video games and how they help preserve my son's fragile social network during the earliest and, and, and most terrifying phases of the pandemic. Well, you know, the, the games that I was thinking of, uh, for our family, we, I rediscovered, uh, you don't know Jack. I don't know if you Mm. remember anybody that's younger than us probably doesn't remember that there was a CD ROM game back in the, in the nineties that would insult you while you played it, but you'd get three friends to sit around a keyboard and you'd each use a different key as a buzzer and, and, you know, do this trivia game and, and Jack would come and, and yell at you and, and call you names. Well, that, that company's still around and, and they've, they've got some newer versions of, you don't know, Jack, but they, they have these games. Um, it's the company's now Jackbox and they've got this whole series of games in, in party packs. Party packs are about 25 to $30 and it gives you, you know, forever you can, you can play those games. And, they're, they're party games. So, so the idea is that you have it broadcast on a television and then your game controllers are all phones. Have you guys played yeah. any of these? We've done a few with friends up in Indianapolis and someone comes in from California. We've got like three from Indianapolis, one yeah. from near Chicago. So yeah, we've, we've played a couple of, when you said Jackbox, I'm like, oh, okay, that's, I, I know what that is. Yeah. Um, they've got all these different trivia games and things like where you come up with the answers, like when whoever gets the best, most votes for being the funniest and things. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's really well done. Uh, it's easy to do over zoom. Yeah. And, and it, it was originally wasn't intended to be done over zoom. It was, no, it was really meant to be a, a party game that everybody would have their own phone. And so you'd sit in the living room and you'd do this and, and play the, the party packs are interesting too, because they'll, they'll have a variety of games and there's usually a drawing game like Pictionary. Mm-hmm. Um, there's usually a vocabulary game. Like, I guess like an apples to apples sort of game. There's usually a, like a trivia game Mm. and there's usually some sort of like a personality sort of game. So, and and I think they're up to seven of these packs and, and just some of the games, one of the ones I like playing with my coworkers when, when we were getting together every week early in the pandemic, we would get together and we'd run out of things to talk about. So I had this pack and we'd be on Zoom, we'd be like 12, 15 people. Because I work in a museum, of course, everybody likes trivia. And so we'd play this game called Trivia Murder Party. And you are you have to answer these trivia questions. And I think we could play with like up to eight people playing so everybody else can watch. And and I love that game. And there are a lot of games that forget getting to know you, but they're done in such a way that, that you're answering questions about yourself and your friends and and get to make jokes about each other and you can make it as clean or as dirty as you want so it works really well for kids and family stuff and clay if you haven't done any of these yet i think your kids would love it it'd be a great a great thing for everybody to get together because it works so well on zoom or on Mm -hmm. on any of those platforms yeah I, i i would recommend the jackbox games i have heard that there is a family version of cards against humanity and i think it's something <laughs> well, is it q 
kids against maturity i think is what it's called and it has a lot of poop jokes and things so it, it takes out the sex stuff and all of that that it, you know and all the horrible things that are in cards against humanity and makes it much more family friendly and I, I need to look into that one cards against humanity is one of those it's don't play that you play that with friends and really good friends well um, you know the family friendly version of that is apples to apples yeah yeah it yeah yeah totally yeah. but but so the one that you're talking about and we'll we'll find it and put a link in but so that one still has dirty jokes they're just kid dirty jokes yeah from from what i understand yeah um there's a lot of a lot of bathroom humor so that's not so bad So the other thing, you know, I mentioned my 13-year-old, well, 12-year-old, soon to be 13. We weren't planning on doing a birthday party because who does birthday parties in time of COVID? But uh, my wife decided to change her mind on that. And we're trying to coordinate a birthday party for uh, just three kids to join. But she's got this idea. We're going to rent. There's a there's a game place. We, we talked about gaming conventions before. There's a game shop that does D&D. They do magic games, that sort of thing. They have rooms that are decorated in different themes. And they have GMs, game masters, that will run a D&D campaign, a one-shot campaign with all the miniature figures and all this stuff and, and have snacks for, for the, the kids. And so we're looking at doing that. But I was thinking about birthday parties and what people do for birthday parties these days. Because it seems like it's all over the map. There's still the Chuck E. Cheese thing. People still do, well, uh, pre-COVID anyway. Yeah. Uh, people were doing, doing Chuck E. Cheese. I don't think that was ever sanitary. But, <laughs> you know, I, I think we did a, there was a trampoline, a trampoline birthday party a few weeks ago that one of the kids went to. Well, we've, we've done a pretty big range of things. We've just rented a room at a pizza joint and had the kids come and we, and we made the games for them <laughs> basically beer pong, but <laughs> they got prizes for getting <laughs> rather than drinking beer, things like that. We've had parties here at the house where we did the same kind of thing where they were chucking pokeball cards down the, down the stairs trying to hit them into a box. We've done bouncing ping pong balls down the stairs. Uh, when you've got playing. a pool now, so. Yeah, I mean, so we haven't done really done a pool party at all, really. We've had a couple well, of kids over, but we've never really had a pool the, party The boys' yet. birthday's in January, so that's obviously yeah, not an option. Ex- yeah, and, and Penny's is in February. We we tried to rent a, a gymnastics place one year. I think it was his sixth birthday. I think I remember that one, yeah. And... They mucked oh, right. it up and like <laughs> lo- didn't have us reserved, though we had already paid for it or whatever. I mean, and so we're showing up at the joint and nobody's there. And I'm just I'm freaking out that, you know, the kid's going to just lose it. And it was luckily a warm day in January. So we just packed up our cake and everything and we took it down the road to a little park and we did everything at the park and we had a great little time and he just rolled with it. And we were so worried because he was kind of sensitive at that age, but he just rolled with it so well. And they refunded us, of course, and gave us that amount again in gift cards to apologize and everything. And, And so we used that to go buy a 
shit ton more toys and stuff for him because this was before the girl came along. So we've done that route. I just kind of go with what they want. I, I remember a long time ago, Dad Labs, that, and I think it was Clay and I think Troy too, your goal was more to do not necessarily a party, but an activity, uh, an experience, if you will, rather than just doing parties. I don't know how you can tell us how well that worked out for you. I love that idea. My idea was going to like, you know what? Every year I'm taking him skiing. You know, we live in Kentucky. There's not a lot of skiing. Go to Paoli Peaks. It's fairly close. It's in January. They'll have snow. That was my goal. Never has happened. (laughs) We've never gone snowboarding or skiing. It all has been pretty much parties. And they've been very small. I went to Chuck E. Cheese twice as a kid. Begged my parents to go. And I totally, I've been there twice as an adult with children. I understand why my parents said no. (laughs) I totally get it. (laughs) I have no desire to take my kids there ever again. They can beg me all they want. We'll go do something else. Something more fun than Chuck E. Cheese. I've taken the kids to the trampoline park. The last time we went... The girl just wanted to play the video games there. I'm like, we play video games all day at home. We're here to jump on the trampolines. I'm not giving you any quarters or anything. You can go sit there and watch them and watch the little, you know, intros and things on all the different games. We're not playing video games here. We spent $30 for you to jump on trampolines. Get your ass on the trampoline. I would have loved a trampoline birthday party as a kid. Too many friends of mine have taken their kids for birthday parties to those trampoline parks. And, and have had to go to the emergency room. Oh, yeah. They go I totally out. could see me ending up in the emergency room. We've had knees blown things. out, hips blown out. I mean, just nasty stuff. Arms, yeah. you know, they, they catch themselves. So yeah. I, I've learned, you know, luckily from somebody else that don't even try. <laughs> I'm, I got a 50 birthday party coming up. Not this year, but next year. Yeah. Alice turns 50 this year. So I got to probably knows. I don't think we can keep that a secret from her. Not from her. Just that I (laughs) said it out loud in a public forum. Yeah. Both of you listeners don't tell her I said anything. We're up to three and a half. All right. Well, all three of you guys don't say anything. So I got to figure out something for that. For kids, just figure out what they're into and say, hey, what do you want to do? You can tell them we're not doing a, you know, big, gigantic, crazy party. Tell them you can invite five friends and we'll do whatever, you know, something like the smaller the party is, the more elaborate and crazy stuff you can do. We've done a couple of movie nights out back, not as a party, but just movie night out back, you know. So what do high school kids want for their birthday stuff these days? (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) I do have, I've got so many birthday. I mean, really now it's about, let's go, you know, let's go, where do you want to go to dinner or something like that? Right. Yeah. And those are really special. And I, I love those kind of birthday celebrations because I was not good at the birthday party thing. You know, we were not into, you know, huge birthday celebration. We did kind of homey things, very small, mostly it was just an excuse for us to get together with our friends and drink wine when the kids were little. And, and we got away with that with kind of our oldest and with our middle 
you know, I kind of convinced her because she had a, a fall birthday. I convinced her that really she didn't want to have a party. What she wanted to do was go with me to the University of Texas football <laughs> home games. And that was way better than birthday party. And she was kind of gullible. So it, that worked for a pretty long Sucker. time. And, and then we, you know, I kept trying that with my youngest. It was like, hey, you know, you you don't really want a big birthday party. And he was like, bullshit. Yeah, I want a big ass birthday party like all my <laughs> friends have. Like, what are you talking about, old man? And so finally, like somebody called us on our bullshit and we were like, okay, we gotta have a we gotta have a birthday party for this kid. And I think it was about his his eighth birthday party. We we're like, okay, fine. We'll finally do one of these big ass birthday parties. And we rented like this big like water slide thing that they just come and they set it up in your yard and yep. it's an inflatable and it's got hooked up to a million hoses and the kids run and they slide on it. And there's a big pool at the end of it. And it's super, super fun, which was great until like three days before his birthday party, my son went out and broke his fucking arm. Oh, and so he shows up. He's been out for a bicycle ride and it breaks his arm and is horrible. We have to go to the hospital and he's in a giant cast. And his birthday is in like a week. And we've rented a water slide and that's it. That's the whole thing for his birthday. So he's going to sit there and watch. and watch all his friends run on the water slide in his cast. And that was a point at which we were like, Kim and I were like, screw it, tap the college fund. We got to make something happen. We had a petting zoo. There was a clown. There was a magic show. And there was a water slide. I mean, we, <laughs> we spent more on that birthday party than we spent on our wedding. I'm not kidding you. <laughs> baby goats running all over the place and like baby chickens and clowns pulling balloons out of their butt and like people you know magicians doing magic tricks i mean it was it was absolutely the most elaborate party and the parents showed up and they're like what this is psychotic like there's just too everyone's overwhelmed like there's too much going on and we were just as usual operating uh but you know basically by the nuclear power of our own guilt you know <laughs> trying to uh make something magical happen. it is it is powerful stuff and and all the other parents are just hating you <laughs> because you just raised the bar of insanity well I, maybe. we have a petting zoo daddy but like, then there's cooper who was there the whole time with his you know broken arm He's yeah like, Still hating it, like this is my hand. I want to go <laughs> on the water slide, and it was just the most, <laughs> the most disjointed, crazy birthday party ever. So don't ever do that. Well, <laughs> my my younger son, his birthday's about a week before Christmas. The other son, his birthday's at the end of of April. These are the worst times to have a birthday for kids because. Christmas time, everybody's gone, you know, everybody's scheduled for stuff. So you try to schedule something with family. It's normally in Christmas break. And so, you know, families are off. You know, if we try to do something on the weekend, nobody comes up. We tried to have a birthday for him once at, at, uh, the commons in Columbus and nobody showed up. 
Mm. We didn't get any RSVPs, but here we brought in a cake. You know, we're just hoping that somebody just said, you know, oh, we'll be there anyway, but, you know, screw them. We're not going to tell them. Nobody shows up. But we've got a cake. We try to do this. Nobody. And it was it was brutal. Same thing would happen with with uh, the older son in in April because you're at the end of the school year. Everybody's got stuff going on. You know, their graduation parties that start, you know, for college and, and whatever. Everybody's, you know, going out. So we started this thing. Conveniently, though, that week before Christmas is when the Star Wars movies were coming out. Right. And then right before, right, right at the end of April was when the Marvel movies were coming out. And so each year we had a Star Wars movie and a, and a Marvel movie to, to depend on there for about five years. And so we were able to get, you know, if you, if you try to shoot for like 15 kids, you'll get none. But we discovered was if we, we plan this out a month ahead of time, we can start on that list. And we can specifically give an invitation to a kid at school so that he's excited about it. And he takes it home and says, Mom, I'm going to go get to see, you know, whatever the, the Marvel movie was. And so now the parents, okay, so so it's just him. And we're going to drop him off at the movie theater. And they're going to take him and, and they're going to do this. Because it's one kid in our family, that means you know, no holds barred. So anything they want from the, the stand, you know, if we were just yeah. taking kids to the movie, they, they'd get like a drink and a, and a popcorn and that'd be it. But anything they want, they can get the nachos. They can get the, they can get a beer if they want, but, <laughs> but we're going to take them that movie. Then we're going to go wherever, whatever restaurant they want to do. And so, so that's what we do. And that has worked for us um, since then up until of course, last year. Yeah. When, you know, all hell broke loose. And so we, we didn't do anything big with this, but, but, you know, everything's off the rails. So, so no big deal, but now we're going to do this. We're going to try to do this role-playing game birthday party. I'll tell you, we're, <laughs> it's, it's going to be insane. I think, um, just trying to get all this put together. I, I, I'm interested to hear how that goes because we, we've been to one where they, had <clears throat> something kind of like Minecraft, there was some kind of weird game but the room was set up and there were like 40 inch tvs in the entire room it was a circle and then the the gaming console whatever control panel was in the middle and then there was that a guy stood and did everything with and set everything up and then all around that was seating with the game controllers so everybody was playing in the same world but had their own tv and were running around with each other that wasn't our party. He went to a party with yeah, that. And it was only like five or six kids. It wasn't a really big thing. And you pay for it by the room or something like that. I don't know. Well, um, I'm sure it's not unique here, but there are a few companies in our area, in the downriver area of Detroit, that have like a, an RV trailer, like a fifth wheel trailer. Mm, yeah. And it's set up with video games. And yeah, so they roll up to your, your house. house. Yeah. And then they've got like eight consoles for the kids to play games on. It's got all the networking in there. So you don't have to set it up. You don't have to own anything. And they run that. This this place is really just, they wanted to have a a role-playing club. And so they've rented, I don't know if it's a house or if it's a strip mall place or whatever. But they have all these little rooms where they can play magic or or Mm role-playing games. 
And I think the idea was that they would get club members and then you could use that for your own private games. And then, of course, they'd sell snacks and stuff out in front or something. These hobbyists, they like to paint their miniatures for Warhammer and, and whatever else. And so they've got all these really intricate things. But when you're when you're 35 and you've spent the last 15 years of your life spending every penny you've got, not on your rent, not on, you know, a significant other, but on all these little pewter statues. <laughs> and and you look at it and go, I don't have any place to put these. And so you, you come up with this business idea that you're going to rent them out. And that's how I think that's what they're doing. <laughs> I think I think they've got this fantasy land built up. <laughs> and and they're trying to put it to good use, and God bless them for it, because yeah, that I mean, means hey, that that's what their passion was D and D and never went away. And that's right. I think this will be a lot of fun. So so hopefully we can get it we can get it all put together. But I'm I'm curious of how that will go. More about the time wise, because anything I've ever played D and D was never a one session thing. Uh-huh. There might be one objective we'd complete in. In, in an evening by luck, yeah. but almost everything I ever played went on for weeks. Well, so, so the pictures, so, you know, they've got pictures of these rooms and so they've got a table with the dungeon. So you can see the whole dungeon and there's a dragon in one spot. So you're, you've got a very limited dungeon. Yeah. I mean, I guess. And, I mean, and I, so they've just, got it. It's just weird to me because it's it like, done, yeah. You know, so, so this will be very, very similar to convention gaming. Um, when you go to a game convention and you play, you're, you're doing a one shot. Nobody's expecting to come back to it the next time. So, yeah. I mean, it's know, very fast hours sort of sure, thing. Yeah. And I think it'll be great because, you know, it'll be run by an adult that knows what they're doing. And so far they've, they've played with kid run games when they're doing D and D. And so it's, it's been really uh, not very custom, right? It's been, yeah. it's been out of a book. And so yeah. this, this should give them some exposure to, to a little bit different perspective, I think. So, so we'll see. Cool. We'll see. Well, it's great talking to you guys again tonight. Sorry I was late. Oh. One of those days. Always. <laughs> no, I mean, not you're always late. It's always great talking to you. I yeah. know what you meant. Yeah, I, again, that's why I was like, oh, shit, I got to go. I, I couldn't just bail. Because I was like, I get to talk to adults. I need to go talk to adults. <laughs> Who who aren't like trying to to you know who aren't kicking my ass with my shoulder and stuff? That's the only other adults I get to. Talk I'm glad to. you're making progress here. That's great. Thanks to Nick Dawson and Clay Nichols and their awesome families for sharing them with us. Ask Dad Labs is produced and edited by me, Ben Fote, and Fote Media Productions LLC. Like, follow, subscribe, and share across the social media landscape wherever you find Dad Labs. Talk to you next time. <laughs>